0: Welcome back to The Profitable Python. I am your host, Ben McNeil. And on this episode, you will meet Shyam Balaguru Malti Vishnu Nadin. Hopefully I did that justice. Uh, Shyam is an entrepreneur and data scientist who has been in the IT industry for a decade and developed scalable products. In the analytics world, he has worked on big scale machine learning real-world projects, and in R&D. Shyam, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Ben, thank you for inviting me here, and I'm super excited here.
0: Glad to have you on the show. I wanted to kick it off with an icebreaker, uh, and ask you, how did the decision to get your masters in analytics transform your life?
1: So that was an interesting story. Uh, I was working on my startup and, uh, and At one point of time, I wanted to do a lot of innovations in my startup So we will talk about more on the startup at later part of the presentation But at one point I pivoted like I need to be some sort of an expert in order for me to give an expertise level work. I have to prepare myself, right? So that is where I started and initially, I started with a lot of MOOC courses, which everyone will do, like Udemy, Udacity, Khan Academy, those type of courses. But at one point, it was not giving me all the picture. Then I decided, okay, I need to go deep into the subject. So then I took my master's in data analytics uh, or data science and did in the City University of New York. That gave me a lot of bigger picture either on the math side or on the analytics side and that transformed the complete career. Um, and,
0: and here I am. Nice. So it was, uh, like those moot, were the MOOCs helpful at all or, but it was just kind of like, you knew you needed more. Like, I, I'm just curious about the whole like mm-hmm. education landscape. Like do we even waste our time on that stuff or, you know,
1: Yeah, so when I was doing a master's, it was almost like in a premature stage, right? So machine learning is popular right now. AI is popular right now. And uh, so you can see a lot of good courses right now. But when I started doing those MOOC courses, I felt like there are some missing parts. If you know the complete structure, if you are a pure statistician who has done your uh, master's in your stats and also your PhDs. Then you know the math part, and then you build the machine learning on top of it. But what I felt is, I'm, I was, I'm not from a math background at all. I'm an electrical engineer, and uh, when I was doing my bachelor's, so I, when I wanted to shift to, and also a programmer before, before doing any analytics work, I was on the financial side of it, financial and some sort of uh, uh, Little bit of the uh, reporting analytics side of it, but still I was not in the actual analytics and also in the software engineering or software development side of it. When I thought, okay, uh, I need to switch to the analytics side, I need to have some sort of a solid math. When I said as math, the masters need some sort of prerequisites, right? So in order to do the prerequisites, I was doing some assignments and projects. And uh, while doing those projects, I noticed that I'm missing something in in every step. So I started doing some Khan Academy courses. Khan Academy courses are really good courses. Um, And uh, first I did some uh, higher level math. Then I started Okay, I was missing something. I went to the lower level. I almost went very, very basic level and started basically from scratch, right? Um, So that's how it started. Um, so basically in order for you to be an expert, you want to go deep dive and start from basics. Mm. And that is how I started building the math. But, and, uh, those MOOC courses were helpful to some extent. It gave me an overall picture, but still, you know, to get a f- complete picture, uh, masters was, it was really helpful. Um, and right now, if you have a clear idea of right now, there are a lot of blocks, which says that. Hey, this, these are the steps which you need to follow now to be an expert. You if you have you have to have some sort of a self-control mechanism, and you have to have some clear thought. Like, what are you going to do? If you have those type of clear thoughts, then courses are good. If you do not, if you want to uh, start from scratch without knowing nothing, I, I would recommend masters. Okay. Um, so this is two. It, it may be it will be helpful for two different uh, spectrums. One spectrum says that, hey, don't do your master's, just uh, just focus on the MOOC courses that is well enough. Yeah, I completely agree. But if you're not even from the math background, if you do not have anything, then uh, then that will be difficult. So this is my perspective. Mm-hmm. Each perspective differs, but this is my
0: perspective. Sure. Yeah, that's what's so fun about this podcast is I, I get to hunt down all these people and get all these perspectives and then and then the audience gets to decide. But uh, it makes sense. So. What I'm hearing from you is, you know, really hammering on the fundamentals and just having this mindset of, if you're serious about this, there's not really any shortcuts and you need to be willing to like start from scratch if you have to, like go back to geometry and algebra, like that's the mentality. Exactly. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear there. So uh, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on this real quick because you'd mentioned this in the pre-interview that you have uh, extensive experience with financial asset trading tools like uh, natural language processing of company socials, 10K, Q, filing, and sentiment analysis. And I was just wondering if you had any ideas on like what are the first steps a person would take if they're passionate about financial markets and building AI products in that space?
1: So uh, let me talk about the experience which I had and also I will explain how to get started. So, back many years back, I I started a company um, on the the stock recommendations. And the stock recommendations is basically recommend to the consumer saying, hey, this type of stock will be very good, right? So, when you're doing stock recommendations, there is two parts. There is the technical part and the fundamental part. So, technical part is mostly on the math side of it, right? you get your moving average your you calculate your rsa your your beta so those type of calculations are technical calculations and some the other part is the fundamentals the fundamentals are purely driven based on the news which you get and what sort of message a ceo is trying to say to you a single tweet of elon musk will go rapid and then uh, your stock prices might might go higher, right? So this is the fundamental side of it. Uh, So a lot of these AI tools are on both the spectrums. One spectrum is on the technical side, you do your high frequency trading. A Lot of big banks try to do some sort of high frequency trading using the technical calculations. On the other side, uh, this is the fundamentals. Basically, a lot of companies will monitor your social media that is their social media, how a company uh, is getting response from from their audiences and uh, what sort of news is driving a positive sentiment about their stocks and what sort of messages which a CEO passes in the 10K and 10 q filings uh, will, will rapidly change the market dynamics of that particular stock. So <clears throat> I'm mostly geared towards the fundamentals than the technical side of it. In history, as I was saying in the past, when I was studying makeup and I was geared towards the technical, but I did not get much out of it. But right now, I'm mostly on the fundamental side of it because if you take PE ratio, the stock market is really high uh, right now. Still, the market is going higher because it's just purely based on the fundamentals. So, yeah, the fundamental side is basically analyzing your Stocks, analyzing your sentiment or environmental and social factors, uh, monitoring different feeds, um, and uh, <clears throat> and the other thing is like you uh, delta stocks, how a person a person has been kicked out and and how their stock prices are are impacting right. So those type of things is on the fundamentals side. Yeah, can be used on the sentiment side of it in the 10K 10Q filings. If an analyst analyst has to go through detailed 10k 10q report in order to provide some sort of a recommendation to their investors so uh, what i will have dealt in past is analyze those 10k 10q filings analyze this uh, ceo's report and analyze those uh, those wordings which he mentions and show the positive sentiment and the negative sentiment of of those reports and also highlight analysts saying that hey these are all the places where you need to take a look in order to uh, not to give your recommendations. So AI can be used in different places here. So a complete report can be analyzed by AI and uh, just say, hey, see this, see this particular section. Something is interesting is happening here. So those type of parts can be highlighted. And the other side is uh, overall sentiment. Right, so overall sentiment can be analyzed on each and every, every tweet and every feeds. So these are two bigger areas can uh, which, which AI focuses right now on the stock side of And the other thing is on the cryptocurrency market. Cryptocurrencies, we all know that it is driven purely based on the sentiment. So if there is any, any flu or something right now, a flu is happening, right? So the the cryptocurrency prices are uh, skyrocketing or increasing higher. That is basically because of the sentiment. So you have to analyze the market sentiment um, either by feeds or any, any other you know, metric and see how the prices are improving or decreasing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it sounds, uh, well, I guess like my immediate reaction is like, and you had mentioned this in your your pre-interview was like the innovation in the AI space is just so insanely rapid. Like, is it is it even reasonable to think that that you could even come up with a product that's competitive?
1: It is really tough. It it can be, but it is really tough. the so the thing which you uh, think about it right now can be old tomorrow because a lot of new papers are getting published on daily basis. So when I was doing my analysis, when I was doing my projects, right, I was doing some LSTM and those type of networks, but Still, it can be used right now, but a lot of new techniques have been emerged. Like Google has released Bird models, Robert, GPT two. So there are a ton of natural language models which are released after that. So innovations are happening so rapidly. When you compare the landscape between one before a year and right now, a lot of changed even just in the NLP space. So you have to update, or you have to be constantly update at your models or any sort of, you know, any sort of, uh, ideas which you develop right now, Else, it will be, it will be passed.
0: Mm. So if your dreams of doing this sort of thing, if you're serious about them, you have to be, you have to be even more serious about like just staying on top of the technology and in doing an iterative kind of, uh, uh, product release, I guess, like, it it seems like it would be really tough if you're a one, a one person show, uh, or, or is there still like some sort of light at the end of the tunnel?
1: <laughs> there is a light at the end of the channel. It, it is, uh, so you have to engage with the community. The, the excellent thing about analytics or the overall current landscape is, um, there is a lot of community support and, uh you can see those blogs like you get a ton of information in those blogs on day-to-day basis all you have to be on is just on, um, be on top of it try out new things because you never know some model will work for you right mm-hmm. so one model will give poor results but the other model will, will give you better results so you have to keep trying new things. So. So, so we do a testing called A-B testing, right? So if you're aware, you compare one model with the other model. So generally it will be in the web testing. So you develop one screen for one set of users and the other screen for the other t- set of users. Similarly, you have to have some sort of A-B testing for the models. So one model is behaving uh, and predicting these results and the other model is predicting these results, which results are better. So these type of testings has to be done. Mm-hmm um, in, in the models, in the AI space in order to get better.
0: Okay. Excellent. And, uh, I guess the last question I have for prying around in this area is, um, you know, let's say you don't have a background in like a master's in analytics or something like that. Um, how, how far do you need to go down that rabbit trail of the academia route to, to really be effective in the product? Like if you were, passionate about financial markets and you wanted to make a product, is there some sort of balance there? Or, I mean, I don't even know how I would answer this question if somebody asked me. So yeah, have, have, uh, have at it. I'm just curious, like, you know, do I need to get the master's degree to have successful financial models or is there some balance, I guess? So as I
1: was mentioning, it's really not required to, uh, get a master's degree, right? So if you wanted, uh, so basic math which you need is the linear algebra. How do vectors operate? Matrices operate. Uh, so there's those type of things. So there are other mathematical concepts like eigenvectors and those type of things. But in a practical world, if you want to develop applications, you might not go and touch the vector formula on a daily basis. So all you need to understand is how matrices will work and what sort of operations which a neural network will do. So, in fact, uh, if you go into deep learning, right, there are hundreds of hundreds of layers. It is really different mathematical calculations. All you need to know is understand in a high level. So you cannot have a very multi-dimensional structure in your mind. You, you, the human brain can uh, visualize only 3D, 2D or 3D, this max which we can go. So in the neural network, you are uh, you are modifying mil- millions of parameters. So it is very hard for you to even digest. So all you need to understand is basic matrices and how a overall structure will work. That will be uh, the thing on the um, on the uh, analytics side. On the on the financial side, uh, so it is often uh, recommended to understand again uh, f- how each and every stock works. Right. So. Fundamentals and technicals, there are two different bigger subjects. So, if you are going into the final technical side of it, it is a lot of math and it is a lot of calculations. And then, do you want to stay in the fundamental side of it? Because a lot of companies are gearing towards fundamentals. Uh, so, how do you know, or what sort of feeds which you need to touch in order to get more information on the fundamentals? So, uh, as as you were saying, yes. If, if it is a one-line question, like, do you need a master's, sir? Yes or no? It depends. Uh, for me, it was helpful. Um, but you don't need a master's degree f- to be an expert.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think we did a pretty good job there just getting some color on it, especially if, if your dreams are here and uh, maybe, like, you didn't, you know, have, have uh, thought about all these things before. So, excellent. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So one thing I was curious about, um, what do you recommend that doesn't take too much effort but solves like 80% of the challenge of becoming competent with machine learning or becoming a competent machine learning professional?
1: So if I understand rightly, so what are the competencies which you required for and machine learning?
0: Uh, the, I guess if I could rephrase it, it would be like uh, the Pareto principle where it's like 80%. The eighty twenty rule. Like, what is what is something that uh, you recommend that somebody? Let's say I was starting out in the machine learning world, kind of like the low hanging fruit that I could go out there and, if I could just grab these concepts, uh, maybe I would have like eighty percent of the hard work done.
1: So, <clears throat> the recent uh, recent things which is happening in AI world is uh, transfer learning. So if transfer learning to give an high level introduction is like someone trains the model and you just use that model. So the basic thing, if you wanted to, to if, if, if you are a machine learning engineer and you want to know more about it and 80% of things happening right now is just transfer learning. So how do you, you just need to know what are all the models which are out there. And you need, just need to know how to import it. And once you import it, you just need to fine tune that uh, that machine learning model or AI model and then train it according to your use cases. So this requires, this can cover a wide range of applications. All you need to know is like what idea you are trying to solve. Basically you are trying to do some sort of an uh, image analysis or some sort of an analysis, right? So there's already a ton of models out there. If you go to TensorFlow, you will have a ton of models. PyTorch, you will have a ton of models. All you need to know is like which, which package or which type you are going to choose and just start with the transfer learning. So that will give you an overall picture. You don't need to understand any math behind it. Having good math is fine, is good, but you don't need to understand any math behind it. You can solve real-world challenges with just transfer learning.
0: Mm, That's a really cool answer to that question because uh, like I I know for a fact, some of these companies like Google, for example, they deploy their insane, insanely powerful machines that still take weeks to train these things. And then you have the luxury of going in there, grabbing this model, maybe popping off the top layer and just retraining on maybe that top layer and shazam, you're in business. So that was a really cool answer to that question, man. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So what do you think is the biggest disconnect uh, between machine learning in the real world and solving those problems versus what people kind of learn from with tutorials and those MOOC online courses?
1: So that's an excellent question. There are a lot of things which differs in the real world compared to the uh, to your personal projects, right? So, in in machine learning, real world, you often handle with millions of data, millions and millions of data. When you are doing uh, an app or AI for financial world, you often get millions of records, millions of features, millions of attributes. You need your system to be scalable in order to handle that much huge volume of data. And uh, lot of these big companies will use uh, distributed processing systems to handle those those much of huge data but in 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 my laptop if i wanted to do some sort of analysis or some, develop some sort of model right i will not think about huge volume of data all i will think is like how to come up with a better model but in practically you cannot you cannot take that model and deploy it. You can technically do that if your data is smaller and if you're doing it in one particular smaller environment. But this cloud game is completely changing the picture. But in the current scenario, when you have huge amount of data, you need a lot of distributed processing and that needs to be deployed uh, in an online world. So in, in the machine learning world, there is two modes of predictions. One is offline and batch of batch and online um, so when it says batch you get ton of records and then you do your predictions on the batch mode. you do your predictions and you don't need you don't need any results just at that time itself in the online world it is instant you just you're trying to send some sort of an uh, record and then you have to predict it at that point of time um, so without without even knowing there are a lot of models around us right so think of it when you go to any sort of wireless carrier how do they say that you have to pay some sort of a deposit for your your wireless account you you will be having a different deposit amount and the person who is sitting next to you might be having a different deposit amount how does that happen? And your bill changes and how does the other the other person's bill might be different? So there are a lot of math behind it. So that happens basically by machine learning, right? So the math, some of the models are so advanced because you don't need any sort of regulations in that model and some marketing models are so advanced. But some financial models are not advanced because you have to explain the model in order of, if, if a regulator comes and says, hey, can you explain why did you reject this application? Why did, you, uh, why did you give a different code to this person? And why did you give a different code to this person? So you have to have some sort of explainability for the regulators. Hmm. So those things differ in a real world. So you have to understand which use case you are trying to solve. Is it a financial or any sort of uh, a regulatory-based model? because there are other parameters which you need to consider. The model cannot be disc- discriminated against a person. So I cannot say, hey, this guy is not looking good or ethnicity, you cannot uh, create a model with ethnicity and say, hey, this guy is from this particular background, I'm going to reject, reject his application. You cannot do that. So a lot of ethics has to play in, in, this, in the real world's model but when i'm doing my development in my local test environment i don't think about all these things all i just care about is is my model performing better or not and uh, in, again in the real world uh, you have to explain so if if i'm using age as a parameter i cannot discriminate based on the age so hey i'm applic- applying i'm approving one of the applications between 30 to 35. i'm rejecting the applications 35 to 40 and I'm approving the applications from uh, 40 to 45 right so it is sort of a uh, uh, different learning loss curve basically you cannot have those type of loss curves. so it has to be some sort of and down the hill path. right Um, so these factors needs to be considered when you are developing a real-world model and uh, and the scale is another picture a lot of companies use spark for, so in, the, in, the, in my in my trial world, I will use any any libraries which I can. So yeah, I will just use pandas. But in in pandas, I cannot have huge volume of data, right? In in Spark, I can have millions of data as a data frame. The the distributed processing is completely different. So you need to think about how much your data will grow over the period of time, and you also have to develop a scalable model and and you also need to think about the explainability part. If someone is coming back and say, hey, did, why did you reject it? So you have to also have to have some sort of explainability to your model. So these are all the different factors when you need to consider when you are deploying a model in real world. And in my toy example, in my, in my own world, I can do anything. I can develop any models. Mm-hmm. So these are all the differences.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, my, my mind, uh, uh, is a little blown right now. Cause it's kind of like, you know, that seems like super important transparency with your models, scalable processes. Like these are very important things, but you know, where do you get exposed to that? Like if your dreams are to be a, you know, professional or to be like, you know, top 10 in the world or something like that, like how do you, how do you even get started? You know, cause you don't even get exposed to that until you're probably working in a company, or I don't know, maybe they have some research programs at school or something like that, or?
1: So, uh, from my experience, first you need to have knowledge about it. So without even knowing what are the factors, you cannot even think about it, right? So you first yeah. you need to have some sort of a basic knowledge on all these subjects. and uh, And the problem with this particular, uh, thing is you have to have some sort of real world experiences. You you can not get these sort of experiences um, just by doing a prototype or just by developing some models. So you need to get involved in sort of any projects where it will give a overall picture about how do you deploy this type of scalable machine learning projects and models. So. Um, you can read through blocks and you can talk through some experts, you can get some information about it. So those are all some of the ways to get involved, but um, you need to get your hands dirty <laughs> in order to get some experience. That's the only way to get experience.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh. yeah, It there's no shortcuts. It's a little bit of a catch 22, but this is anybody that's serious about this. They're figuring out a way to wiggle their way into the industry. It's not an impossible task, but nobody's going to hand it out to you either. Probably either. Yes,
1: that's completely true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, I I did want to ask you this uh, before we left this thread was, what is something that's kind of overly difficult and should probably be avoided, in your opinion, when starting out on the machine learning engineer adventure?
1: So, When I was trying, when I was trying to learn those machine learning subjects, right? Don't go ten steps ahead, right? So you can try out some models, but if you want to try out different models, you need to basically understand the basics. So uh, I was trying to do some sort of an advanced reinforcement learning with transfer learning, but I was not able to do at one point. So you have to go back to your basic and say, hey, what are the steps which you need in order to uh, have an overall successful model, right? So you need to go from basics. There is a top-down approach and bottom-up approach, right? There are two types of approach. But I, well, you would have guessed that I'm a guy who is going from uh, bottom to top. So instead of going from top to bottom, um, so... I would recommend to go from bottom, just learn your basics. Yes, there are a lot of fancy things which are happening in the world, but when you, and if there is no solid foundation, it will collapse at one point. So then you have to come down and build your foundation and then you have to go up. So instead of that, just build your foundation where, it will take time, you might be lagging, but at least you will have a solid understanding once you have a solid foundation and above that is all in the uh, LB is going to be easy for you. So that's, Hmm. that's my thought.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, I know this is just my own, you know, I I can't speak for anybody else, but I know I can be really hard on myself. And uh, so I'm wondering like, you know, what would be the expectation that I kind of set for myself? You know, is this a five year plan? uh, you know, like probably not a 90 days thing. Like, I don't know. What, what are kind of the expectations we should be setting for ourselves that way, that way we still like ourselves, you know, at the end of this. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is, <laughs> that is completely true. So that is what I try to do. Uh, the thing is set some sort of smaller goals. So without smaller goals, you, you, you will not achieve the bigger goal on day to day basis am i progressing or not am i learning something new or not one of my favorite thing is to learn for an hour in a day anything and it can be anything right so it can be anything in, in machine learning world or it can be anything just learn something in your in your day to day basis so smaller wins will get you a bigger win um, if you want to be an expert in machine learning learn something read about, read about some blogs or something so a lot of uh, lot of the folks will not have the luxury of uh, using their time in their work because their work will be completely in a different stream, and their aspirations will be completely in a different stream. So, in order for you to turn back, you just need to invest your personal time. That's the only other way. You have to uh, either learn in the morning or in the evening, depending on your schedule, whatever schedule is. Just start learning for an hour in a day, so that. At least you will you will uh, achieve. So if more more you more you put your effort, the m- the sooner you will get your results, right? So if you if you increase your learning time, like two hours a day, then then of course you will reach your goals quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to have some sort of a micro wins in order to have a bigger wins.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's that. Uh, I I really like how you answer that with the um, you know just focus on what you can control. We all have our own kind of situations, but if your job is not aligned with your dreams right now, try and find an hour a day. Maybe, you know, maybe that's how you start getting those small wins. So yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, what are the characteristics of someone that you believe would, would make them a world-class deep learning practitioner? So what are those when you see that person, like what are those characteristics that you see in that person?
1: So, uh, I think of what a ex- real expert, right? So, knowledge speaks for yourself. So, respect of your appearance or re- respect of whatever level you are right now, knowledge, knowledge is the key. So, even a, a grad. Uh, or even a person who's not having a college degree can be a real expert we have seen this in many different scenarios legendaries uh will not have any sort of master's degree right so knowledge speaks for you you have to um you have to express yourself you express your knowledge and you have to uh, i myself i'm i'm very terrible in the uh in the social media world i have to i'm not that is one of my goals in 2020 i you have to have some sort of a social presence and you have to show your knowledge so knowledge is the one key thing where you can market yourself um so other thing is these type of podcasts are also very good so you you can express your knowledge by this type of podcast so <clears throat> any medium any medium is fine just start start providing your knowledge to different folks and if 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 you're a deep learning practitioner and also you need to do a lot of uh, um, papers research papers so recently the the boom in the research papers is because of this deep learning practitioners right so even it can be wrong it can be completely wrong or it can give some sort of a smaller idea to the other person so you have to contribute in a way so that others can pick up from that idea and then grow from there. So, all you need to do is just engage with the community, engage with the folks, either it can be in the professional side or in the personal side of it. You can go to meetups and uh, you can expand your knowledge. And basically, if you you want to be an expert, just start contributing and sharing across the communities. Hmm. Knowledge is the key here.
0: Yeah, that's, man, that's, uh, I, I asked that question and I didn't know where it was going to go, but I think that's really cool. How, um, basically your immediate reaction is like, get a deep learning on this and then share it. Just like, it's like this abundance mindset. Like if you don't have an abundance mindset, you're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) If, if your dream is to be, uh, you know, this, uh, expert in, in, uh, as a machine learning practitioner because it's all about the community and sharing the knowledge, helping other people grow. That's what I'm hearing from you.
1: Yep. That's right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, What are the top three tips you have for someone to monetize their programming skills? Uh,
1: That's, that's a good one. So think about what you are an expert at, right? So some of, Some of them will be very good in the programming, programming the sense that the website of it. Um, Some of them are really good at the back end side of it. Think of those products or first search through the products which are in the market right now. Um, The way which I will do is uh, just through your mind, don't focus on just one product right now. The Any ideas has, can be created only by brainstorming, forming, and then see, just list out all the ideas, which, whatever you have, and see what are all the ideas that are already there in the market. So definitely, there will be some ideas in the market right now. So search through it. First, come up with some sort of a spreadsheet or even a basic Word document saying, hey, these are all the things which are already out there and uh, once you have done that so you can go through all sort of forums and see what is missing and you can tar- you can create your product for one specific community or you can generalize your product right so when you create a product for one specific community for example in the nlp world you will uh, you will target only the folks who are interested in sort of uh, writing papers right so <clears throat> there are some tools out there which can paraphrase your your text in a increasing AI so that focuses particularly on one single area there is area in the sense that the persons who write papers and the persons who write assignments so those type of folks so think about where your product is going to focus on right so your skill is first and yes where are you going to monetize your product so either it is going to be one specific group or are you going to just target all the audiences Tar- generally targeting all the audiences is really difficult so you you might not know what everyone wants so i might need a different product you might need a different product so for example let's take google google just serves everyone but it, it is so diverse it is so complex and it has so much things which is happening, the sense. but when you are trying to start small, just start on one particular product, one smaller one, just test the waters and then see whether it works. Um, and then iteratively develop that product. If that works, if someone is trying to get your product and someone is trying to use your SaaS services, then just develop on top of it. Right now, uh, SaaS developing a product and uh, using SaaS based services is the best mode, right? Software as a service. Just give some sort of a product and charge them on monthly basis is the best way to uh, monetize the product right now. Hmm,
0: cool. Yeah. Thank. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, if if you if, if the audience hasn't got any like light bulb moments or ideas going through their head right now, I don't know how to help you. This has been a, a cool uh, interview up to this point. Thank you. Um. If. If somebody is serious about building an innovative AI company, what, what should be the first thing that they do, like tomorrow? So,
1: <clears throat> the first thing which they need to do is uh, which, uh, to just read the papers. There are tons of papers which are out there, which are really cool, which can be really monetized, but it has not been implemented. So a lot, lot of folks in the academics world are really interested in coming up with an ideas, but they are not really good at implementing those. Some of them are really good, but a lot of folks are not, in, may, may not be interested in, the, uh, in implementing those ideas. So I have, have spoken to different folks uh, in the AI world um, and they have a lot of different ideas, but it is, it just not been implemented and they just write papers and then I, I'll just go to the next idea. So if you wanted to start some sort of a serious mission, if you have an an idea already, that's great. Just just see if there is any, any products out there in the market right now. If you do not have any idea, just start reading through some papers. There are a lot of YouTube channels. So one, one particular channel which I would really recommend is Two Minute Papers. There's a channel called Two Minute Papers where they just, Talk about a paper on daily basis or weekly basis, so just just see that video so you might get some sort of a bulk moment like bulb moment on your head, like, "Hey, this idea sounds great, so you can start implementing on those on those papers um, <clears throat> and you have to give proper citation for those papers too so that 's more important, but that will give you an overall thought, an idea how to get started, and will this product work or not I, again. Doing a prototyping is the best way to do it. Just start small. Start with some sort of smaller audiences. Test it out. If does not work, then then move on. Just fail faster is the other major thing which I learned in from from two of my companies which I started in the past. So try it out. Fail faster. Just move on. Don't don't just stick through the previous one for so long. And you you will you will have the opportunity costs. You have opportunity cost for the time which you spend. So, does not work, don't stick through it, fail faster, just move on. Mm.
0: Um,
1: that, that is especially true in the AI world because the, the industry changes rapidly and you cannot just stick through one model. If I would have taken through the uh, model called LSTM or in, in the past, I, I cannot experiment any other new, new uh, models out there. So fail faster, try rapid prototyping, and then proceed further.
0: Cool, man. That's that's awesome. Uh, what would be the first tool that you pick up? So, it's kind of like a piggyback. What was the fir- the first thing you would do? Is you would go read the papers. Is there like a favorite tool that you would go to or something you recommend?
1: So the tool when you mention a tool, I. I will think of like a programming or packages, Python packages. Okay. Um, right. So if I would pick pick a, pick a package that will be mostly in the machine learning community or in the AI world, it is PyTorch for sure because that is really good right now. And start implementing your prototype using PyTorch. Um, and uh, the other thing is deploying. So <clears throat> how do you deploy those models is another major fact thing which we discuss? Um, so there are a lot of good tools right now to deploy the models saying, either you can PyTorch or TensorFlow, OENNX is another open source area where to trans you can transfer models to different different packages. For example, if I'd have developed a Py- PyTorch package and if I wanted to and deploy a tensorflow model i can transform using onnx model and i can just deploy it right so <clears throat> it is very it is really hard to just pick pick up a tool but in terms of packages i will start with the pytosh for an ai world i can I will pick up the pytosh uh, deploy the models or uh, transfer the models with onnx and uh, deploy in either either clouds it, it is almost 99 percentage of, uh, of the projects right now will be deployed in cloud um probably a percentage one percentage of projects which are not deployed in cloud right so uh, pick up your cloud provider either it can be gcp azure or uh, aws so um everyone know that aws has a lot of tools uh right now in order to deploy models there's something called a SageMaker in aws that is really a good way to deploy your models right now. And it is also easier. You don't need to spend so much time. Um, You can develop, deploy using using, uh, AWS SageMaker. So these are all some of the tools which you can use right now to get started. Okay.
0: Yeah, excellent. And kind of what I'm, just correct me if I'm wrong here, but kind of what I'm hearing is uh, there's, there's really no excuse for not, coming up with like a, like rapidly prototyping, like you can go out and read the papers and then you have these tools at your disposal. Like if you're serious about this, you could have an iteration of your product, like what, like a a couple of weeks or something, right? Like it it might be ugly, but. Yeah, true. Yeah.
1: Because, because all these tools are giving you the flexibility to do rapid prototyping. One or two weeks is, is good enough to do your prototyping. Uh, I I cannot disagree to that statement.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks for uh, putting all that color on what we've talked about so far. And I have another question for you, which is are there any learning resources that really made an impression on you for uh, helping you bootstrap technology companies from scratch? <clears throat> from the
1: technology companies from scratch. So, for any resources, the, the resources which have supported me is not technology resources. Just to have some sort of a common mindset, right? If you have so, entrepreneurs behave in a different way. So they need they need some sort of a mindset in order to start a company. Um, some of the resources which have helped me is sort of, uh, the books, motivational books. I I often hear audiobooks. Um, either it can be, I have re- re- read the book called Alchemist, Five AM Club. So a um, lot of these motivational type books are helpful. From the technology side,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> it is really blogs. I would say they, a lot of medium blogs. Um, <clears throat> it is there is no sort of one good single point of uh, point at the at the moment. There are so much resources out there uh, from the tech it's really hard for me to just name a single product right now, sure, but yeah, there are a lot of blocks out there. there are a lot of resources out there. Um, to start with just go go as I said, just go start small and uh, and you will you learn 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 your uh, all this stuff right So when you are starting a product creating a product. You need to consider a lot of different factors too. What are you going to do for your marketing? And how do I? So you can develop a ton of products, but without marketing, right? So how do you market your product? Either are you going to go through your social networks or blogs? Um, so those type of things is 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 the thing which you need to see. And how are you going to communicate to your audiences? Um, either by email channel um, or by any other specific mode, how are you going to communicate is the other, or via Facebook ads, Google ads. So these are all the areas which you need to think when you're thinking about the marketing side of it. So from the technological side, of course, you have your own tools like what packages which you're going to use, what uh, what cloud tools which you're going to use, those type of things. So these are all the three specific aspects. And when you grow bigger, you also need to think about the HR aspects also, right? Um, how are you going to do payroll? Those type of things. So when you start small, you'll not think about these factors, but if the company grows a little bit bigger, right, you have to think about all these factors. Marketing, how are you going to do invoicing, finance, uh, social media, uh, technology side. So there are a lot of different factors which will come into the picture. So there is no single place which I have not seen anything. If you have seen anything, I would I would really appreciate that. But um, these are different areas uh, which which you need to concentrate if if you are starting a technology site company.
0: Okay, excellent. So I want to dig into this a little bit because kind of what I'm what I'm hearing is the emphasis needs to be on rapid prototyping. So therefore that should gear that should be your filter when it comes to learning resources. So, and you may have already touched on this, but, uh, so strict. So what, what should they like, um, uh, I guess what should they kind of avoid is anything that doesn't have to do with getting your idea and materializing it. Is that kind of what I'm hearing here?
1: Yeah. So first thing is materializing it. See if, if it at least serves some particular audiences, right? If you're developing a beautiful product and no one uses it, it's a waste of time. Uh, just see if someone is using it. There are a lot of analytics tools which says, hey, this product has at least been used by someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? So see if it is at least been used by someone. That is the other basic factor which you need to think about. And then you can add the other, and also whether it is more, uh, generating any sort of revenue to you, so a lot of these these products are not will not generate any sort of revenue initially, but at least you will have some sort of a metrics and big businesses will count on how many users are using it. how many think about Amazon prime so there are a ton of consumers still it does not have any there are some quarters or year end profit but still it is operating in loss, but still it is valued in many billions. That is because you have huge consumer base. So think Mm -hmm. about in those factors too, your consumers is your asset. And how are consumers using it when you are going to sell your product or when you are going to VCs? So you have to explain that these consumers are are your strengths and how are you going to monetize this product in future? So if in are you going to sell ads based out of it or are you going to do anything based out of it? You have to monetize or you have to at least have a plan of monetizing with your product.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. And I was curious, uh, what is a process that you recommend for finding trends that are worth building a business around?
1: That's a good one. Uh, So ideas, Uh, ideas, come on different factors. So you you see on day-to-day world, right? So on day-to-day world, you will see there are better ways to do it. Often there are different places which are better way. So come, coming up with the different ideas also depending on the different research areas which is happening. So one of the ideas which which I was which is to give an example, <clears throat> GANS. Everyone knows about GANs, which creates fake pictures, right? Um, how are you going to monetize that idea? You can uh, monetize that idea in various different factors. One is you can generate synthetic data with that GANs. Hey, in, in a lot of real-world uh, companies, they need test data. They need test data which at least duplicates like a production data. So you can develop GANs to uh, to develop synthetic data here you go it's an idea you have to this is you, you, for developing this you need to know the latest trends and also you need to understand the industry it can be so it, Gans can also be used in what is it so in e-commerce space if i'm creating a product gans can just develop a product you can release that product in in the market like instagram or facebook ads and see if if someone is even trying if someone is even interested in that product or not so you don't need to have a product at all you can still sell the product and see if there is any sort of a market for the product so gans can be used in good way and also in bad ways but <laughs> i'm talking in the good ways so you you, you know gans and you know These products, these problems are are there. So you can merge these two things and create beautiful products out there. So here you go. I have given two ideas there. (laughs) So (laughs) if someone is listening and they can start and company tomorrow and say, hey, this is my company. (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is you have to uh, see the day-to-day things which are happening in and around you and see how can you make it better. Right. And the other thing is reading through blogs and other other Reddit forums and other other places. So that is another way to uh, gather some ideas because a lot of folks in the Reddit will complain, hey, this product really not is not working. So something like that. So you can build a better product and then release to those audiences. That is how you gather ideas. Ideas does not jump from cloud and then come to your brain. So you have to see in your real world and, and, uh, and just make a note of it. It can be something useful. It cannot be something useful. What I used to do is like I will write some sort of problems and idea in the in the notebook which I have. I would not write it. I will just type it because I don't I don't write often. So I will just have in my to-do list and a section called as ideas and just keep on adding the ideas. Hey, that idea can be a crap idea. It's a complete crap. If you read that idea tomorrow, that idea even does not make sense. But at least you have some idea. So instead of not generating any ideas, you have some ideas, right? So keep on adding those ideas. At one point, you at least one out of 100 will work. Who knows that? So that is my perspective. Um, uh, I there is There will be no bulk moment in, in our brains. Hey, this is the thing which I'm going to do on. But you might think that that is an excellent, brilliant idea, but nobody even cares about it. right? So uh, again, keep gathering your ideas. Have it in your spot. Just see those ideas after a month or after a week. See if it doesn't make sense or not. If it still makes sense and if there is no products out there still, then, start doing the prototyping and proceed further
0: yeah that that's awesome i um, one of the luxuries that I have of of being the the host of the show is I kind of get to be the backseat driver and just kind of like watch the patterns emerge as the conversations pop up here and i there's just there's just something so loud and clear going on here, and that is like the whole rapidly prototyping equals failing fast equals you don't know what your ideas are going to work. So the faster you can rip through those things, I mean, I'm just, I'm catching this, this is what I'm, what I'm catching as the backseat driver here. Like you don't want to, you don't want to rule out any ideas. You just want to get really good at vetting those and uh, failing fast. Like, I don't know maybe I'm just speaking to the choir here, but (laughs) I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. Thanks for sharing all this stuff. Let's see here. So What is the most important lesson you learned from bootstrapping a business to profits? So, again,
1: when I was trying to profit from my previous two startups, previous experiences which I had, there are problems. So, your profit today will not be a profit tomorrow. So depending on your business decisions, it will change. One example which I can give is, I was mentioning that we were having stock recommendations to the consumers. Um, We were profitable at that point. But over the period, what we diverged is, hey, let's increase our business and let's add some more products. And we started doing some portfolio management for the big, big real estate persons and big, big persons who, who wanted to multiply their money. So, we started doing that portfolio management. At one point, what happened is, we ended up in a loss for one particular portfolio, which we were trying to manage. And we have to scale down the business. And finally, that crashed the complete business. The similar thing which happened in, uh, in, in my other startup is, we were trying to expand to B2B segment on the marketplace side, we were trying to expand to the BTP segment, and to expand to the BTP segment, you need you need more funding. To need more funding, you need to approach VC's. VC's re- require more numbers in order to fund it. So it can become a chicken and egg scenario. You need more numbers to generate revenue, and more revenue to generate numbers. So, mm. so um, you also need to think about how are you going to fund fund your startup or anything. Um, so. You are starting a company today, you might not think about all your fundings today, but at least you have to keep that in your mind. How am I going to fund this in future? Either it can be like one month or six months or one year from now, how am I going to fund it? Because you cannot burn your own money in in the company for all the time. So you need an external funding. So you need to, Think about what products which you are going to launch next, and how are you going to fund those fund those uh, products which you are going to scale. So, if you're going to do one product, and then if you're going to scale, still you need funding because you need to market it out. Even for Google and Facebook ads, you need to uh, fund it. So, <clears throat> um, as 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 you were asking, so it is really you need to thought through these aspects too how are you going to fund and how are you going to diversify and expand your product portfolio?
0: Are the two things which,
1: which you need to think about.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there, is there any sort of, um, like if somebody's finding themselves in that situation, what do they need? Like a mentor or as silly as it sounds like, like, is there a book or a course? Like, is there some sort of, can the doctor prescribe something, you know, for you in that scenario?
1: Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I found uh, there are some interesting materials. I found there is a Y Combinator mm. set. If uh, They have some beautiful videos uh, and they, they start from scratch, basically. They say you how to even start or approach VCs and how do you scale your product and how do you market your product. They have a set of uh, videos out there. Uh, I would recommend that and i also think there is a course in coursera i guess it's it's been a while but um, it it talks about some of the funding aspects so <clears throat> those resources were helpful but um, but in order to understand the overall flow see the market so check one f- startup so check a startup which is really doing well and monitor them. So there are there are a lot of sites like Crunchbase, those type of sites where you can monitor the startup funding rounds. How are they being funded? Either they are being funded with crowdsourcing or crowdfunding or uh, or whether they are going for seed funding, Series A, Series B. So just monitor that their complete process. And by monitoring them, you will get a overall idea. Like hey, first I have to go to seed funding. Next, I have to go to be, uh, go to the next level of funding, right? So <clears throat> once you get those thoughts, then you can start seeing these videos and get more knowledge is is is, is the way which I, I will do.
0: Okay. And then with the caveat that uh, get, going back to one of your, like the first things that we were talking about or that you had mentioned was like the experience is huge. So the first time you do it, that's even another reason, I guess, to fail faster. Get that experience under your belt. You can iterate. It just, it's starting to click here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool,
0: cool, man. Um, Okay, so what is a key attribute that you look for in business partners? Or do you even mess with them?
1: So, <clears throat> that is, again, a really tough question. <laughs> because... From my experience in past, um, you need to think through a lot of different factors when you are considering as a business partners. Uh, first of all, you have to think about the knowledge. So you have similar mindset. So uh, if you are having a different mindset and if I'm I'm in a different mindset and if your goal is different and if my goal is different, it is really hard for, has to sing through, and uh, first, what are you trying to achieve? What is the vision which you have? Um, is is the first thing which which has to go through, which every founder has to go through, the other co-founders, um, and see whether whether it works through. Just just don't even talk about any sort of found uh, f- that is starting a company or anything before. Just start as a friends just see how it works and uh, try to understand their behavior and uh, if everything works then you can go to the next level right and the other thing is uh, how complementary your sk- other skills are right so you might be really good at technology and the other person is also really good at technology who will think about the other aspects like marketing or, or uh, <clears throat> um finance and those type of things so you have to have some sort of a complementary skills if you are good at technical skills and if you're good at finance if the other person is also good at technical and also the marketing so then you have some sort of a complementary skills okay this will at least add more more value to the work which we are trying to do and also people skills are another bigger skill so everyone will not have people skills So you have to see different VCs while seeing different VCs. You have to pitch your startup. So those type of factors are also a major part. If you are purely having a technical skill and you cannot approach VCs. right? So. If I'm trying to find a partner now, I would think about how complementary that other person's skills are and uh, and what is his vision and what is his thoughts. on the products which we are developing and what is this long-term goal. So those sort of things will, will be the things which I will look for.
0: Cool. That's a cool answer. Thanks. Um, what are you going to do when you retire early? <laughs> I,
1: I have, I have a couple of things. So first of all, when I retire early, I, I'm a big fan of uh, fire moment where it just, just retired early. Um, the reason for retiring early is I wanted to do, uh, explore more. So explore more in two things. One is travel, just travel somewhere. Um, and the other thing is try out new ideas. So right now in the working environment, you cannot, you can't try your new ideas, but you are often limited to a certain extent. So you cannot try your new ideas. In order to try out new ideas, you have to have some sort of... Uh, financial independent mindset so you cannot think about your finances on a day-to-day basis so um try out new ideas and try to start a company or try to be in the entrepreneur path is what i want to do if i retire early
0: nice oh it's happening i can i can uh i see it already. <laughs> no that's cool thanks for sharing that and uh how should uh, data science professionals approach staying on top of the insane volume of daily innovation occurring?
1: Yeah, that is even hard for me. So, on day-to-day basis, a lot of cool things are happening and you often get only limited time to explore these new things. So, uh, that's where I followed YouTube videos. YouTube videos are the best way to go about YouTube and Medium. So, these are only two Vases where you can explore new knowledge uh in a short time time span right so <clears throat> you have to i usually hear podcasts i also really listen different podcasts and i will see some youtube videos when i'm running my treadmill and i'm in gym i'll just start seeing some videos <clears throat> And also read through medium posts. So in, oftentimes you will get some sort of free time in your work, or at least you will browse through something in your work. <laughs> so at that time, uh, instead of browsing something else, just browse through those medium medium posts. So that will give you more information on day-to-day basis. Uh, and it, I know it's really hard to keep up with all the innovations which are happening right now, but I focus on these two places to get more information.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and a lot of good channels like, as I was mentioning, two minute papers, um, and uh, <clears throat> there are uh, there's other person called us Yash. I can give you the links. So, uh, there's other person who talks about different concepts in detail. So that is another another uh, another place. <clears throat> so there are a lot of different YouTube channels which which will give you a wide perspective of what's happening on daily basis.
0: Okay, excellent. And it's almost like you you know that it's an impossible task and so your filtering mechanism is kind of these these things that allow you to consume the content while you're doing other things. It's almost like a like you're just strategizing because you know it's it's impossible to like Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is really impossible if 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 you want to dedicate some time on a daily basis, it's often impossible to sip, provide some time just dedicated to uh, think about it, right? So that is why I do it in parallel. Do some work, keep on listening something so that you, you gain your knowledge.
0: Mm, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, we may have already touched on this a little bit, but I just want to really drive it home. If you have, what's kind of the remaining insight, I guess you have on on the advice? What advice do you have for people to fail faster?
1: so <clears throat> fail faster when i mention as fail faster you should not stick through just one idea right so when i say as idea you think that okay this product will succeed tremendously and you you have that idea but but right now there is no market in the, no market for that product that or there might be little audiences for that product. You have to get feedback from them, or f- feedback from the external audiences who are not even using their product. Will that product even make sense or not? <clears throat> so there is two aspects to it. First of all, before even creating a product, you have to get ideas. Will that idea even work or not? That's the first question, which which. Uh, So if you are asking your friend, he will say that, hey, that idea is a good idea because he's your friend, right? So you have to go out of your community. You have to go out of your network and and post it in the different forums, saying hey, will that make sense or not? That is the ideation stage. Think about it. Okay, this idea will work. So once you have some sort of a smaller product, uh, see if the same audiences are trying to use that product or not. The persons who said, hey, this product is great, will at least use that product or no. If it's not it's not being used widely, then there is some flaws to it. Have an open mindset, hey, just read through all the feedbacks, all the reviews which you got, and say, hey, some idea will change change the product which you develop so some review might change hey this is not the best way to do it let's change change the product or or do an updated version so you have to open your ears in order to uh, get feedback and uh, once you get feedback change the product rapidly just don't stick through hey this is the best idea which i got it's everyone has best idea even you have best idea everyone has best idea but (laughs) Uh, but it it matters only if others uses that product or not, uh, right? So if you are finding no consumers, then change the product. If the version two does not work, change to the other other product as altogether. So that's that's my thought on it. Because yeah. as I was fun getting through the VCs VCs often say that how quickly have you crossed that threshold or they will just ask for the whole year or full month how many revenues how much revenue which you have generated what is the percentage increase in your revenue in your numbers is what they are going to ask you cannot just say hey my product has not grown in in X percentage but still I think that this product will be a excellent product you cannot do that so you have to have the metrics in order to prove that hey, this is the best product or not. So if the numbers does
0: not talk, then your idea is not working. Hmm. Yeah, the the immediate thing that came to mind when you were talking about is uh, how dangerous an ego could be in a scenario like that. And so I'm really, I'm. How do you, how do you uh, combat that if you're, you know not a not a perfect human and you have like a you know an ego that's driving your
1: yeah that is often the tough part because a lot of entrepreneurs will have that right because you are proud of something which you have created you're you're always proud even if the product really sucks you are still proud of it because you created that product right so um but still you have to have that open mindset in order to develop the product, if you're not having that open mindset, then your product is going going to die. So, <clears throat> yes, you have to be proud of your product, but in the same same line, you also have to have some sort of open mindset in order to develop the product. Mm.
0: It's just part of the job. Yes. If if you want to be a if you want to be an innovator, you've got to be willing to. Uh, no, i guess uh that when your baby is actually ugly and you need to move on
1: correct yeah true
0: <laughs> let's see here so what are some ideas you have on investing money and time intelligently that have uh kind of they're kind of like universal truths or like things that just haven't failed you
1: um so if I understood correctly, what are all the advice for investing money and time? Um, can you, can you repeat me one yeah, more Yeah,
0: let, let me, let me clarify here. So on the pre-interview, you had mentioned something about uh, like lessons learned from being in the trenches and kind of advice you would give yourself like, like your younger self. And you had mentioned something along the lines of uh, you, you would, uh, is, is f- regarding investing money and time intelligently.
1: Right. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so <clears throat> one thing which I have, which we have touched uh, before is the uh, retire early movement, right? So I made a mistake of not investing in, in in my early days. So if I have, if I would have invested intelligently in my early days, I would have retired right now. So one advice which I will give to my anger myself is you should invest, invest intelligently. It can be any sort of investment, but you should invest intelligently. And and also focus on one particular thing, right? So you can be a jack of all trades. I can be very good at programming. I can be very good at dance. I can be good at... Different things, but you have to be an expert in something so that you can you can do something incredible in that area or field. Mm. If I was a guy who was trying to come out of my my school and say, "Hey, just focus on one thing. Just invest like ten thousand hours." So there's a saying like, "If if in order to you, in order for you to be an expert." You need the skills and also you need a 10,000 hours of work. So then only you will be considered as an expert and then you will have the expertise knowledge. So when you are younger, you have to invest on one particular thing. Either it can be um, analytics world or either it can be any sort of world. So you have to invest more of your time in those fields in order to be an expert. So that is the advice which I will give to my younger myself, hey, just focus on one thing and be an expert at it. You can also have an idea about all the other aspects, but first you need to be an expert in one thing. If you're good at Python programming, yeah, you can easily develop Java programs or even any other programs, right? So similarly, you have to be an expert in one particular thing and then other skills will complement you.
0: Yeah, uh, that that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing that. And I was curious. You had mentioned in the pre-interview that part. You have a daily routine, so you're waking up at 5 a.m. every day. You're doing your meditations. There, but there was a component on there about uh, a work journal. And this is just like I am. I'm so selfish with this question because, like, I do. I I've been trying to figure out like what are the types of journals people keep and how do they use them and, you know. So I was just curious, like. Why is that important to you, and how do you leverage it
1: so uh, yeah, so the work general is sort of interesting during my work experience, right I felt like at the end of a year when you're when you're trying to think through what I have done in my past one year, you will not have anything to say at that particular moment or even talk through your manager or even even for your self-awareness, you need to know what you have done for the whole year. <clears throat> what I used to do is, um, apart from the other routines, so in the work side, I will keep track of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. So, today, I have some sort of a checklist. Um, after entering the office, I'll say, hey, today I will be doing this particular work. And I have the other types of work which I, which I wanted to do today. I will have a to-do list. So at the end of the day, or when you complete the task, I will go go to that uh, sheet and update it back. It's done or not. So at, at the end of a week, you will have some sort of a micro wins. As I was mentioning before, you have completed some tasks which provide some sort of task satisfaction. When you do not note that down, you might not, you, you think that, hey, I have not achieved anything. So you your brain has to be in a way that, hey, I have achieved something. Let's achieve some more. If you do not have any sort of a journal or any sort of place where you can say that, hey, this is what I have done, then you cannot say that I have succeeded. I have I have made some sort of wins, right? So that is the thing which I do. And and probably I'm I'm still trying to bring that to my personal life too. Like what sort of journal should I have in my personal life? On on weekly basis, I should do some sort of an investment or some sort of work or some sort of um, studying on on these particular topics. So I'm trying to come up with some sort of personal journal too. But one thing which which I usually do is the work journal. Just want we are spending most of our time in work. Maybe not. Maybe yes or no. But. To be, most of us are spending most of their time in work. So you have to make sure what you are actually doing, um, and you also have to optimize your your work which you are doing. So if you are doing monotonous work on a daily basis, think about different ways to do it. So uh, how do you automate? It's another bigger topic. So if you are doing on a daily basis, is there a better way to automate your work? Um, <clears throat> Those are all the things which you will think through, and un- un- only when you note down your work.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that that's that's uh, really interesting. So, for, first things first, here is it in, in is it paper? Is it physical yeah. or okay? No,
1: I, I don't write anything in, in, in my day. So I will use OneNote. Okay. Um, that's my, my my go-to tool where I will have a section as my daily tasks. And on each day, I will create a page out of it. So one page with that particular date, and I I write whatever I want to do on that particular day. Okay. So that is that is my my approach to solve it. But there might be other approaches. So all you need to do is like have some sort of a tool where you can um, you can make a note of it.
0: Yeah. And then are you are you, so you're obviously reflecting on this thing continually. Is there is there any, um, other, like, do you, you're looking at the tasks like, Oh, did I accomplish what I wanted to yesterday? But do you do any sort of like annual review or do you roll it up somehow? Or I'm just curious how else it's leveraged. Um, yes. mm-hmm.
1: I do some sort of an annual review. Um, that is I do on a six months. What is on the daily? I write my tasks and on monthly I review those tasks. Uh, I technically have to do it on a weekly basis, but weekly was too short for me. So mm-hmm. I, I do that on a monthly basis. Hey, this is what I'm doing and this is what uh, I'm up to. I do that review on a monthly basis. And over the time, I do on a six-month basis too. One month, six months, and year. So that okay. is the approach which I follow. And uh, this can be useful in multiple ways too. When you want to talk to your managers, hey, these are all the things which I have. Achieved. That is another advantage which you get, and you you get your self satisfaction. That is another advantage. So you get multiple multiple advantages by recording those
0: things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Like, just for for me personally, I'm really like looking for ways to optimize like documenting those sort of things. I have I have uh, kind of like an idea thing but I also kind of want to document like what I'm learning. So I don't, you know, forget that books, you know, there's, I'm kind of obsessed with like reading a book, but how do I, how do I actually like keep it in here, you know, in the brain? Like, so I've kind of started writing, documenting notes there, but I don't want to keep those notes in with like the task journal, you know, that you're kind of talking about. So anyway, I'm always prying for like, you know, how, do, how, do, how do we do this better?
1: Yeah. So the way which I do is again in OneNote, So if you have all the data in one particular place, it'll be easy for you to search. Yeah. Uh, that is the way which I do. So I have one particular section for daily tasks, which list out all these tasks, and I'm trying to add it for the my personal one too. Apart from that daily task, I also create different sections. So one is learnings. Right. On a day-to-day basis, you learn something. So I create learnings on the topic basis. Either are you learning PyTorch, are you learning deep learning, or are you learning reinforcement? Learning? I create different sections. And in that section, I keep on adding. So if I'm learning something today, after a week, I'll be learning the same subject. I mean, and I will go back to that sheet and update that sheet. So i and also I take snippets of it. So for example, Oftentimes you cannot write everything you can literally write, but you cannot write everything. We are often a visual person, right? Humans are often a visual person. I take a sn- snippet of it, put it in my OneNote, um, so that the visual is there. Uh, and also I, I do read books, but a lot of these books are digital based books. So, uh, I read digital books. I hear a lot of digital books, audio books, and once I hear those books, I'll go back and refer that uh, that actual book, in the soft copy, and take snippets out of it and then put it back into the OneNote. So in in that way, you can also do a search in OneNote mm-hmm. via images. Even if you have images as a text, you can search in OneNote. So mm-hmm. that's that's where I, I put all my information in OneNote, and it is also free. It's not it's not even charged, right? So Put all your information on one so that you, in future you can access it anywhere, anywhere, uh, even in your mobile or in your uh, laptop. Anywhere it can be accessed. So that mm-hmm. is the way which I do.
0: That's that's really cool. And I did. I don't know if I uh, understood the the word you were saying. Uh, you were saying you read you read books, but there there's something. What what was it?
1: So the digital copy. For oh, example, okay. Like I the, I, like hear the the I hear the audio books. I hear the audio books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also go back to the digital copy and then take a the snippets of it.
0: Oh, like a are you talking like a Kindle or something like that? Yeah,
1: or? I I use Scribbit. Um, okay. There's the
0: platform called Scribbit where
1: yeah, audiobooks, uh, Audible is also good. But uh, the problem with audiobooks is you you will not have the digital actual subscription or you have you don't have the digital book. Mm-hmm. Um, So the Scribbit, what it used to do is you can hear audiobooks and also it will. It will have an option to read through the books. Okay. So just sort That's of cool. to, Yeah.
0: That's really cool. Um, I'm I'm definitely gonna get the link to that resource that you have. Uh, before we part ways. Um, okay. So, the best advice you've ever received.
1: <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these advices uh, are things which I have shared before. Like yeah. fail faster is one of one particular thing, and uh, micro wins or keep learning something uh, on daily basis is is the advice which I often get. Um, <clears throat> and um, to be an expert, you have to spend major of your time, major amount of your time in that particular task in order to be an expert. So those are all my learnings, and and I I think I have shared in those those advices uh, mm-hmm. in in the beginning of the podcast. But um, yeah, uh, these are all the
0: advice which I can think of, which I received.
1: Um, but these, these were really
0: helpful. Okay, excellent. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, what is the most important book that you have read? Or the most important book to read, I guess you could...
1: Yeah, so the most important book uh, is... Really, the five AM club. The five AM club. club. Yeah, that book is really, really good, and that impacted my complete schedule. Okay. So, um, why I'm getting even at five AM? So, that answered a lot of my my questions. Uh, so, that is an interesting book, and I would recommend that.
0: Okay. Awesome. And uh, what do you think about blockchain? Is it is it like this amazing thing, or is it just a you know you know is are the, is it all hype
1: um, there are some use cases to the blockchain, but right now it is really hype okay. is my perspective <laughs> <laughs> because I have played around blockchain um, played around in the sense that i in the financial terms, I have traded on the on the on those currencies and I have tried all the currencies. But, uh, it is really cool. It has interesting, uh, uh use cases, but as for us, I see right now, it is, it is simply a hype. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And then, uh, what are like some programming languages that people should have on their radar going into 2020?
1: So, um, definitely Python. Um, uh, because there are other programming languages like r <clears throat> and particularly in the machine learning space this programming uh, in the java those areas are there but i will definitely recommend python and uh, if you want to practice more on the deep learning just learn pytorch <clears throat> and uh, you also need to know how to develop scalable or distributed machine learning applications if you want to do that then uh, definitely learn spark spark you have different apis like scala or python or r apis are there so uh, either you can go the python flow and use PySpark, or you can use Scala if you want to do in a real world very big projects um, so that those are all the tools which i would uh, those are the programming areas where I would really recommend to learn more and invest more time.
0: Okay. So, uh, I just want to pry there a little bit, like when it comes to databases, are we, are we even like, do we need to know how to write SQL or do we just use these higher level abstractions to do our work for us?
1: So, um, if you are hunting for a job, if you wanted to settle down in a bigger company, then I will really recommend SQL because a lot of big companies still have structured data. Um, So I would really recommend SQL. And SQL in the sense that go into Hadoop world. So a lot of companies just use Hadoop either in the on-prem world or in the cloud environment. Uh, Definitely Hadoop is the way to go. So no one is, yeah, there are a lot of applications using smaller databases, but if you want to go large scale, Hadoop is the way to go <clears throat> and write some uh, Spark SQL queries, those type of things. SQL is the basics for everything. Um, and if you wanted to start your own firm and if you wanted to explore those things, then I think, I think there are a lot of NoSQL databases. Um, definitely, Definitely, if you are trying to build a product, and then the easy way to do it is NoSQL databases instead mm. of getting structured or bounded within uh, within relational databases. But big companies still use use relational
0: databases. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I guess. Let's see here. Uh, what is the message that you want people to kind of leave the interview with? Is there kind of like some closing remarks? I guess. So. <clears throat> um.
1: The best time to plant a tree is twenty years back. The second best time is now. <laughs> is the is a famous proverb. um I know many would have been busy in different areas, many different aspects. But if you want to get started now, yes, you can get started. So either it can be deep learning, AI, or anything related to it, you can get started now. And the other thing is. Uh, Invest in yourself. The, that is the best learning which you can ever get. <coughs> um, the more you learn, the more you earn. Right? So if you cannot invest on yourself, you cannot grow and you cannot earn more. If you want to earn more, just learn more. That is a other famous proverb. Um, keep learning, fail faster, <coughs> and uh, start now. Now is the best time because in past you have already past is already gone. So you cannot go to the past until unless you have a time machine.
0: So start now
1: is the best advice I can give.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing all this. I want to know how folks can uh connect with you. Like what is, where, what is your call to action? Where can they find you?
1: They can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best way uh, I'll be reachable there um yeah um mostly linkedin should be the best approach or you can you can also contact with my site um so those are all the two best places to reach me
0: okay perfect and i'll make sure we got the links in there in the show notes so i i think i think that's the show there my friend so thank you so much for uh becoming a guest uh, Shiem and, uh, man, st- uh, stick around. I'm going to end the podcast now, but, uh, yeah, uh, stick around and I can exchange, uh, that, that information with the links and everything. Okay. Sounds All right, man. Well, uh, thanks again for, uh, coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Mm-hmm.